Good afternoon and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. It's Friday and it's Greg O'Keefe and I'm joined by the crew, Gavin Buckland and Tony Scott, back from his mid-season, well, post, nearly post-season break. Yeah, <laughs> he just does what he wants. Exactly. Comes and goes, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Lads, commercialism is rampantly upon us. The success of the Royal Blue Podcast has meant that we've secured a sponsor and um, it falls on me to, uh, to read out the, uh, the, the pitch, really, Gav, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. I feel, you know, enters the new commercial age of... Uh, <laughs> it's all a bit too professional, sounded yeah, for yeah, me. Absolutely. Anyway, Beer 52 have decided that, um, that because we usually sound like we're bevied and we're doing this, <laughs> they'll yeah. jump on board. But no, they are, they're going to offer to send you every week for, for 14 quid, eight craft beers. And you can just go online with them. You can sign up, select your beer, and you'll get eight craft beers sent a week. It's... Um, They'll also send you a beer snack, free next day delivery, and a flexible monthly subscription. And that's for 14 quid a month. All you have to do to get the offer is enter the code ECHO, that's capital E-C-H-O, at beer52.com. And we've had a look on the website, and they do look mouthwatering. I have to say, if it was a little bit late in the afternoon, I'd be hoping that Beer 52 delivery would be coming to this the, the offices here right now. Anyway, on with the football. Um, it's uh, non-stop on many fronts with Everton. Certainly non-stop with the wins of Goodison Park. Uh, we won't be there. We won't have our sanctuary, as it was described in one national paper, this weekend because we're off to the London Stadium, Gav. And just starting on that, um, I think they're the perfect example of a new ground. And it's very different from hopefully what the Bramley Moor will be because it was kind of a stadium that they just opportunistically moved into. But we've got to learn... Not from their mistakes, but we've got to learn the lessons of, of, of clubs like West Ham and make sure we take that good as an intensity when we go to the Bramley Moor, haven't we? Yeah, it's the, it's the size of the stadium and running tracks and things, isn't it? You know, it, it's, 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 it's one of them, isn't it, that I think uh, we'll take the lessons learned. I think, I think the problem with West Ham now is that they had a really good season last year, didn't they? Yeah. So that sort of raised expectations. The contrast now. is bigger. Yeah. So they're going into like they're going into you know a a big stage was therefore we'll kick off. What we've said all through this Bramley Moore process and and sort of the context for Everton is we need like the three three seasons or however long to take where there's an upgrade. You know we're constantly yeah. on the upgrade before we move into the new grounds. You know, um, and I think that's the difference between us and West Ham. West Ham had one one year, didn't he? But if you think where they are at the moment, that's where they used to be anyway, really, didn't they, West Ham? Mm. Um, and the, the good thing for us, or says the bad thing for us, is we're leaving Upton Park, which uh, Tony was giving us a few stats before the... Uh, I let the government read them out. Before the game, about, you know, it's our most, it was our most successful Premier League away ground. West Ham are our most, you know, um, favourite opponent in terms of points and yeah. wins in the Premier League. So we've got to hope that that, that carries on. Well, do, you remember, do you remember, actually... You touched on it there, and, you, and you're right. This time last season, I think we were all going, West Ham are flying. They could be a genuine... They'll be a rival for us next season. They'll have this brilliant new stadium. They're going to be in a new financial stratosphere. They'll be able to attract top players. And I, I suppose it just shows that not every stadium move... And I'm not comparing it to Everton's future move because I don't think the two are comparable for a second. No. But... Sometimes football's got a way of confounding you. I think we were generally worried, weren't we, about West Ham? Yeah, yeah we was. I think what, what didn't help them was that they sold Dimitri Payet, didn't they? Well, they're, 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 exactly, they're, they're their best player. Yeah. Now, it could happen to Everton, which means that Ronald Koeman 
is more important to us than probably what Slavin Bilic is to West Ham because he, he's had the money to spend and he hasn't spent it wisely really and you're looking at West Ham squad you're looking at tomorrow they've got a couple of injuries Antonio, Carroll, Noble you're looking at the squad there's, there's not a player you would have out there whole squad would you in an Everton shirt um, none, none springs to mind really one of the centre-back um, Collins is he? no no, 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 no. no um, Winston Winston Reid yeah. yeah he's a decent yeah. centre-back yeah I'll take him he's a decent centre-back probably as a squad player yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think looking on where we've improved in the space of what six seven yeah. months look at we've gone up they've gone down yeah they've argued since January that's yeah. been that's where we've really kicked on since, isn't it? Since yeah. since January is uh, is, is 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 the case for me. Yeah, it's it's an interesting game tomorrow. Um, don't know what you think, but with guaranteed sort of seven. I know it's Tony was saying mathematically, if we win tomorrow, we are guaranteed, guaranteed European yeah. football more or less. Um, still without going into what we discussed on Monday about sixth and fifth and dare I say even fourth, which I think is maybe a bit too much. Is we just got to go for it tomorrow. I, I see no point in playing a tight game and and sort of you know open to nick one on the break or you know get you know with set piece or whatever, yeah. which our way record has been poor since the early part of the season, which yeah. is sort of our home record sort of master. Don't know what you think, like, but I think we should really go for it tomorrow. I think exactly the same. I think we've tried to, and it's interesting because Cumin was saying, pretty much backing up what you're saying in his press conference yesterday. He said we need to play away with the same kind of adventure and abandon as we do at home. And he was actually saying, I don't set them out any differently. He said, I don't give any different team talk. He was implying that he doesn't try and be more defensive away from home, whether that's correct or not. Surely he must do, Greg. Well, he, well, he, he must was, do. If well, he, was he was different at White Hart Lane, let's be yeah, honest, yeah. wasn't he? But, uh, and obviously, at Stamford Bridge, that was a bit of an anomaly, thankfully. Mm. But... Um, Go on, what, what, what do you think there? I think is he being honest there, do you reckon, or a bit disingenuous? Yeah, I, I don't think he's telling the truth there. I think when he's if he goes to Anfield and plays the same way, he hasn't been, has he? Although they did, they were better than previous seasons. You look at West Ham, and Everton, I agree with Gavin, they've got to go for the throat. Everton haven't won a last away game. Palace. Vixie, Palace, January. Yeah, it's Now, two. if you're looking for top four, top five... You've got to improve on your away record. Two, two and thirteen, isn't it? That's I think, not good. Which is not, not, not great. Good. I mean, if you think about it as well, within that you've got defeated. All due respect, as ever, to likes of Bournemouth, Burnley, yeah. to Southampton as well, didn't we? Did. Yeah. Um, through at Middlesbrough, you know, there's some Watford we got beat. Yeah. So it's not as if I mean, okay, you expect that you're going to be at risk at Chelsea and, and yeah. Spurs and so mm. on, Liverpool. The disappointing thing in that away run, and thankfully those games are more in the distant past now, is that we've gone away for teams who are currently in the bottom, like sort of third of the Premier League, and and sort of got you know got beat. I mean, well, going back to Cumin's point though, is the two sides that though, isn't it? I mean, it's the other team, so they play at home, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's one thing playing, say, I don't know, Stoke or Goodison, and then playing, you know, setting the team out exactly the same when you play them at, at Stoke. But they, if they change their style of play. And they attack a lot more. Then you are looking. You are looking. Look, so you're going to be a bit more defensively minded, aren't you? Because you're just going to be put under well, pressure. It's the so. same team, though, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's how the other team play, though, isn't it? And a team you play in at Goodison is a completely different team from what you play them at their ground. It's very rare he's changed the formation. I think Chelsea and Tottenham he's changed it, but it's very rare he's changed the formation compared I, to what we play. At I, I think Park. he's played three at the back. 
maybe a couple of times a bit Stoke more. Stoke away, away what did he start at as he well? Played three, didn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. He's played like four, three, three, hasn't he, on occasions. Uh, I'm not sure what he was playing with Chelsea, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously. So he has he has manoeuvred it but around a bit. But I know I know what he's saying there. But as you say, Tony, I think sometimes you do look at it just generally I think at middle space, just go for it. Yeah. We've got nothing to lose going into the West Ham no. game, have we? Everton have just got to go for it and put a marker down and see Everyone else is coming to West Ham. And yeah. I think West Ham have won two home games over the last nine. Their confidence is absolutely shot. Now, if yeah. we go there and pay them overdue respect and sit back, it might play into their hands. You know, if we go there and go for the kill, mm. and obviously they'll be scared stiff of Lukaku. His record, oh, yeah. as we've said, against them is formidable. Mm. So we've got to go there and go for them. The interesting piece mentioned Lukaku that Preno wrote on the website this morning. Don't know if you've had a chance to read it yet, and he was basically saying that if the inevitable maybe maybe happens and he moves on if not this summer then you know a, a subsequent transfer window um, and it seems now that it's almost certain that's what he would like then Preno was basically saying Koeman and I think so you'll have echoed this sentiment at some point I'm sure Koeman is the best manager you would want to replace him because time and time again in his Premier League career and elsewhere he's had to deal with top players who have seemed to be fundamental to the side moving on, and he goes and replaces them. At Southampton, the list of players he lost is unreal. Alderweireld, Lallana, um, Mane, uh, and that's just off the top of my head. You know, players left, right and centre will go. and replace them with better? I don't know if better in terms of Mane, um, but certainly Alderweireld, he brought in Van Dijk. Now, Someone said to me on Twitter, and it's a good point, well, Les Reed had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Steve Walsh has got to step up to the plate. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting though, Gav, isn't it, that Koeman does have pedigree of bouncing back when a top player moves on. Yeah. I mean, my point on with Koeman, and I said this the other week when the, the, the Lukaku thing first started kicking off, is he's not phased dealing with top play or players who are top players full stop, you know, mm. dealing with their contractual angles and their, like, little idiosyncrasies. Because he shared dressing rooms with like Marco van Basten, yeah. you know, truly great players and massive personalities. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're not really going to be phased by, you know, one of your players or yeah. kicking yeah. off, because you, you played in massive club teams and and, and successful international sides. So at, at this level, at club level, I don't think it's really going to affect him. Or he's not going to like start running to the hills when no. players start yeah. like mouthing off to the press. And I said that the other week. You know, he was very urbane about the the whole. Lukaku thing and, and still is, and I think that I think that's the reason why he sort of like he doesn't see he deals with these situations is that he's got that mental strength not to sort of become affected by by it. You know what I mean? Is that he can he backs himself? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if, so. If the worst comes to the worst, well, all right, we'll get on with it. I've, I've dealt, I mean, I've dealt with bigger players, bigger situations than this, and this is just a minor thing in comparison. And I'm not, you know, I, I think to be, I was going to mention this. Quite apt is that. To be fair, if you have, if you play back all the podcasts that we've had since January, mm. if you're feeling particularly not, not well, <laughs> <laughs> but the one person we've not mentioned is Cumin at all. We've I've mentioned we've got, him a few times. We've so. meant, you know what I mean? We've, we've spoken about the players yeah. doing well and sort of kicking on and defend. You know, Joe coming and playing well and Lukaku scoring goals and stuff like that. But we've we've actually not mentioned Cumin. A lot in that time. Do you think we haven't given him enough credit? I, I think, I think, I yeah. Sorry, I think he did, does deserve a lot of credit for for picking us up from uh, from like 
two really poor seasons, and let's face it, this time last year we really on the. Well, this time last year we just been before yeah, no one outfield. Yeah, so I think at short notice he took over in the summer. I I be well well paid, and he's brought, he's brought a few players in. But if you think where we are now, fifty seven points. I just I, I, yeah, just I think he's done really well, and I think he deserves more credit. I totally agree with what Gavin said there. I just look at the the defense straight away compared to last season. It's it's unbelievable, isn't it? The, the clean sheets we're getting at home, the results at home. Now I look at Everton's midfield compared to when he came in, McCarthy, Barry. Now Schneiderlin, Tom Davis, it's a guy. The improvements no end. And now I, I was speaking to a Liverpool fan the other day, and he was we were talking about Romelu Lukaku in the summer, and he went, "Do you know the you you, you can deal with selling Lukaku? You can deal with it." He said, "The the person you do not want to lose is Ronald Koeman." This is Liverpool fantasy. He's the best manager you've had in your lifetime. I'm telling you, he's the best manager out there. Well, my lifetime extends to a few other. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah, okay. But and I know I'm what you're saying. I just, I just, I just think for what we're trying to do, and his experience, it just seems like quite a nice fit mm. for us at the moment. Mm. I think, I think, I think that that's what I like. It's, it's, it's nice fit. I mean, hopefully he's, he sees it that way as well. Oh, Which was sorry, yeah, Greg. What we was gonna say then. On the other scale of that, is that there's a possibility of two jobs coming up in the summer. Well, I was just going to say Barcelona. Arsenal and Barcelona. Now, a couple of Arsenal fans who we spoke to would love Ronald Koeman. They mentioned they did love him yeah. at the football club. I'm sure he'd, get, he'd, he'd be well in the frame for the Barcelona job as well. I'm not sure is about the, Barcelona. Is there a danger, would you think, from when we've seen him in press conferences, is there a danger of him going elsewhere, would you say? I don't think he goes to Barcelona because their track record is they don't like big personality managers. Do they tend to like people who come under the radar that mm. are uh, that sort of are low maintenance? I don't think they, they do big personalities. Are but he's being a former player, mm. so I, 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 there's no way in the world that I expect him to see to go to Barcelona. Whatever in the summer. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. Don't quote me on that, by the way. Arsenal slightly different kettle of fish. Uh, having said that, I mean, there's no guarantee, by the way, that Wenger's going to go in the summer. But, yeah. yeah, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, if you're a Koeman, or if you're in, you know, in, in a position, well, actually, it's likely this Arsenal aren't going to get in the Champions League next next year. And with Evan, is it that a massive, massive step step up? It's not like, say, going from Southampton to Arsenal. All right, then if look on the other side of it, if you're a player coming to the Premier League, say you've been playing your football in Belgium or Spain or France, and Arsenal are in for you and Everton are in for you, who would you sign for? Arsenal. There you go. Yeah, so but that's because that's be, that's because it's a massive jump from where you're playing in Belgium. What I'm saying is that there's a bigger jump from going to Belgium to Arsenal, say, than going well, to from Everton to Arsenal. Player, isn't like it? Normal yeah. playing in the Premier League, someone who's playing for Stoke. No, but that's what I mean. That's the whole point of what I'm saying. Is is but. That's it's comparing two different things. There's a massive jump from going to, from Stoke to Arsenal. I'd say there's a big jump from going to Stoke to Everton, by the way, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, don't, I know what you're saying. Mm. I don't say that's my favourite quote. <laughs> but you're comparing apples and pears. What I'm, the, the move, a move from Everton to Arsenal is not as attractive as what you would what, think. What it once was, was, was maybe even, 15 years ago. Even 15 months ago. Yeah, true, very true. What I would say on this subject is... Just how I hope, um, I hope that Steve Walsh, and I'm sure he has, got a list of replacements ready to go. Should Lukaku leave in the summer, I really want to see a bit of foresight from the board. And I mean, 
Farhad Mashiri really. Um, Bill Kenwright, if he, if this is still his remit, I want them to be, and I wouldn't say it's even disloyal. I'll be honest. I want them to be identifying young managers who they could move for, not necessarily young. I don't know why I just said young, but managers who they could move for, you know, likes of um, maybe the managers in, in the Bundesliga now or in Ligue 1 in France, yeah. who should the worst happen, and it can, by the way, it can go from plain sailing in the summer, Keynes to the door, bang, everything looks great, to all of a sudden Barca, all right, we've discussed why it might be unlikely, yeah. it could be out the door in two weeks, and we're left, I hope, Everton, I've just got a few little ducks lines up, it just, mm. it, it probably won't happen, but, would you not have a continuity? Yeah, I understand yeah, that, but does, you've got yeah. to be careful, because don't forget, 12 months ago, when Martinez was on, on his way down at Everton, everyone was picking up Slavon Bilic, it's the flavour of the month, you know what I mean? And Slavon Bilic no, like, we, we, oh, we should have got him. No, but what him. I mean, so I, I exactly, I mean, Koeman was the flavour of the month. Not he? Really. he was with Southampton. He's been, yeah. successful, he's been successful elsewhere. Well, he? relatively, but what I mean is, I don't mean going line up the flavour of the month. I actually mean going, you know, look for the next, who's the guy at Hull? You know, the, yeah, yeah. the, the next one, happen. if he's in Portugal, I don't know. But, um, and not even be making approaches necessarily. Well, certainly not making approaches, rather. But just having a list, should the worst come to the worst. Do you think, do you think uh, the first post of call would be to look at the current 123 manager? I think it's a bit too soon. I think he has to personally, I think he has to go away from Everton and cut his teeth in the Championship or the yeah. bottom half of the Premier think League. So. Yeah. I, I think it would be too much. I think, and I thought this when he interviewed for the job before Koeman, Obviously, compared to Cumin, it's just a no-brainer. He doesn't stand in the same. I think he's got the potential to be a top manager, but he hasn't dealt with big transfers. He hasn't dealt with Premier League players. Yeah. Well, you know, hasn't dealt much with Premier League players. Obviously, he's had lads who've been in the senior yeah. squad who's yeah. been between the two. Um, and this is no disrespect to Unzi because I think he's got every uh, chance of being a former, future Everton manager, but not any time soon. For no, me. no, it was just, I was just... Just what thinking you think? about continuity, um, I don't know. I feel I, I think it's something that you know, hopefully won't happen. Anyway, I think what you're saying is like, is any business got as has got to have a continuity plan, hasn't it, for unexpected things that happen? I mean, that's what we haven't had in the past, have we? Yeah, I mean, United got found out, didn't he, about that? When not when Moyes went, but they allowed both David Gill and Ferguson to go at the same time, didn't he? Yeah. The two major power brokers of the club losing one is. Okay, but you lose two, like, and they didn't didn't really uh, deal with that well, did they? For mm. such a big organisation, they're still and they're still now paying for that, yeah. even four or five years later. So I think any organisation does have to uh, have a continuity plan. For us, I'm I'm not sure. Um, what I would say is we'd, we'd be a damn attractive club to manage, wouldn't we? Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. you've got be. to you've got to have kept hold of. Your Lukaku and your Barkley, haven't you? Because if them two were to go out the window, it just, for me, I look at it and seek for argument's sake, the worst thing has happened. Lukaku goes and Kuman went. You look at why were the manager, why are they selling the best players? Why but, is the manager well, going? Well, they're selling the best players, they're not selling the best players because the best player wants to go, isn't yeah, it? That's the thing, which is a different thing. But I'd say, well, actually, that's great. I'll, have, I'll come in with a clean sheet of paper with like 150 million quid to spend, like they're quite that find that attractive uh, job, you know what I mean? Mm. And plus, like people maybe who are, we'll say unsettling the session because I don't think it perhaps it does, but it's, it's those people who are a bit uncertain of their futures 
that's all clarified now, so yeah. I've got a blank sheet to work with. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think that's where Cumin is, that, that's his attitude as well. I think he yeah. just wants everything clarified, doesn't yeah. he? When he said about, oh, you know, Ross, one year left, or you go, Lukaku, slightly different. Yeah. I think that's the way Cumin is playing it really sensibly, is that he doesn't want people with uncertainty hanging around for, well, yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah, a while. Really good, yeah. Well, you can understand that. Yeah. But unfortunately for him, football isn't like that. And we've got a situation here where we might still have Lukaku unsettled and wanting to leave come the end of the summer, at which point he decides speak to Raiola, probably speaks on the slide to Chelsea, Bruce Bork and, um, and the Chelsea board and says, yeah. you're going to have to put in a transfer request. So he puts in a transfer mean, request. Now, it doesn't mean he has to go, but then Chelsea start playing silly, like they did with John Stones, mm. 80 million. And Everton have saying, look, the asking price, as, as Phil reported um, the end start of the week, the asking price is £100 million, world record for footballer. And then, you know, it, it gets potentially unsettling. The problem for Koeman is, again, it sounds like I'm a half injured or doom in this podcast, but I'm just being realistic. Yeah, We've been here before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be the situation. You spoke about John Stones. Things don't happen in pretty little packages. Mm. We still might, I think we'll still end up, because I believe that, you know... <laughs> Chelsea on off later in the month with Everton. So it might mm. well be that, that they just go, you can handle the transfer request, you're going nowhere. Yeah. Do you think Everton have got that power now? When you've got a player of that high quality, have Everton got the power? I want the clubs to have the power, but I'm afraid football's not like that no more, where it's all the powers with the player. <laughs> have Everton got it within them to say, listen, he is not going out that door for a, no less than 100 million. Well, the, yeah. power, well, the power's with... I, I... After the power's with the club. It's saying that you think they seriously, deep down, yeah. hands yeah. on heart, they I, can say to Chelsea, he is not going out the door for 100 yeah. million. Yeah, two, two, right. Well, why not? Why can't he? He's got, you know, he's got two years left on his contract, of course he can. I know so what you're saying. It's an argument, all right, then. See, if Chelsea was to come in and he was to say, 85 million and a couple of sell-ons. Do you think, and, yeah. and that's your final offer, do you think Everton will buckle? Two words, Farhad Mashiri. Yeah. Do you think they'll buckle if it was 85 million? I think, though, I think what you're saying is right, though, in that. You've got to weigh that up against, well, actually, weigh that that's price or whatever that you're putting on it for Chelsea against the actual like uncertainty on people being unsettled in, in the dressing room. Is that, is, that, is that a price worth paying, especially since you're a top player? So uh, it's an interesting one, but clubs still have a lot more power with players than what you think. You know, I know, because they have like contracts and things like this that you <laughs> just hold them to. I mean, um, but the byproduct of that is, as we're saying, is you then got somebody who's going to be a bit not saying Rom's case, just generally speaking, that it's just going to be awkward in the dressing room. And do you really want that? Because then that tends to like spread, doesn't yeah, it? With, yeah, with others. Yeah. So it, it's it's a, it's a difficult position. What Everton will need, uh, it's going to be really difficult because in the summer you're going to get to that transfer deadline, and it's no good Chelsea saying to us, "There's ninety million with three or four days to go." Oh, where do we have going? Ninety million to go and get to replace a thirty dollars season. That's a difficulty. It's in their interest to try and do it late. It's in our interest to try and do well to not do anything. Do it, but if the what if we have to to do it so early? early? So it's going and to be really... the rub, and it's always the situation that the selling club, reluctant selling club, is left in. We had the same problem with John Stones, of didn't we? Of course we, we did. Yeah. Anyway, we did say we we tried. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, but we tried to say we're not going to talk about Lukaku. It's all been said. So we'll move on at that point, we'll draw <laughs> a line in the sand. But we'll keep on transfers, because Tony hit on a good idea before we started. Three players who are going to make a difference to Everton in the summer. If you could sign them right now, 
we're all going to try and put together our own lists. Um, so it was your idea. So I think we'll let you go first. Three players that will make Everton. And let's face it, as Kuman said yesterday, there's going to be a need, there's going to be a need for significant squad strengthening. We're basically in Europe. We're going to need a much bigger squad. Well, looking on the basis of what we've seen, witnessed this season, although we're in the Premier League, you've seen Chelsea without European football. They've been very lucky with injuries, and mm. looks as though they're going to go on to win the league. Now, Tottenham for me have got a better squad. Yeah, I agree. In my opinion, Chelsea, um, Chelsea have got a very good team, but I think Tottenham have got the best squad. Now, because Tottenham had European football, Champions League, and then Europa League. As soon as they've been knocked out of the Europa League, they went on an unbeaten run. And for me, I think Tottenham are the best team in the Premier League and I enjoy watching them. I just think the Europa League has killed them. And I think this is where Everton were going to need basically another B team. Everton, if they want, if they need to go further in the Europa League, they will need another, I'd say, eight or nine players. Ooh, Seriously, nine. when you look at Tottenham squads, they've got a very, they've got quality reinforcements. They've got four centre-halves. They've got four full-backs. They've got about five centre midfielders. They've got three four. They've got everything that you want. Now, you look at what Ronald Koeman said this week about... He said he had 16 players training. Now, Tottenham are training with 22 quality players. Everton are training with a couple of kids out of 23s who were playing for the 23s tonight and then going down with the first-team squad for West Ham. Now, that, you can't. You won't be able to get away with that next season. No, well, I think everybody realises that's that's the case, isn't it? I mean, uh, that... You, I think you're right. I mean, regardless about whether we're in the Europa League or not, I think we need nine new players. I mean, just out of interest, before we get on to more specific areas, of that starting lineup on Saturday against Everton, yeah, yeah. Uh, against Burnley, how many of them could you say, hand on heart, assume there's no transfer fees out the club in the summer, mm. would be on the pitch in 12 months' time for Everton? I don't think the goalie will. Right back won't be. Obviously, we're hoping Coleman will be back. Baines, I don't know. Needs it's competition, Leighton. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely, so that's yeah. a 50 50 shout, isn't Two it? Two centre halves could easily be replaced. Yeah. Easily be replaced. So that's your back four, it's your back and, four, four and goalie. And goalie. There's your three, the three midfielders I can't see being replaced. Maybe a Sigurdsson in the mix there to, yeah. to throw in. Um, I can see Kevin Rallas being replaced. Yeah. Every time he has two or three good games, he throws in two or three bad ones after it. He's been like this for four years now, not having him. So I can see Barkley, and hopefully, fingers crossed, Ron. Yeah, so you're talking four, 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 out four of, five, six. Four, yeah, four, four out five. of the 11, you guarantee, you'd yeah. say, actually, you're probably on the pitch. Now you're hoping probably... for players of Rooney, Keane, Sigurdsson. That's who you're hoping, players yeah. of that ilk. To... And, and that's just to, to, and the other thing as well is, that's just to replace players on the pitch in the start. Yeah, that's I mean, that's even before you get to, like, getting the squad back up to, uh, you know, 22, 23 players. I know, like, some managers don't like having a lot of players, uh, which I, I think's right. Yeah, yeah, Koeman, as you just said, Koeman's one of them, you know. Yeah. And I think that's right, is that you can have too many to work with, can't you? And it sort of dilutes things. But you're talking there just to... Get us really properly competitive and sort of at a level where maybe in top four. You're talking about starting 11, I probably need six. Yeah, six, seven players. To win games, just especially away from home in the so, Premier League, so, which we haven't done since yeah. January. You look at the teams you Liverpool, you've got Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, all the teams above us, they're all winning regularly away from home. We're not, and that's why they are above and, us. And do you know what? As much as we. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Like, you know. Your aim becomes when you're not at the level yet of really competing for the top four or the title. 
your aim naturally becomes let's get into Europe and then what we've got to hope that Cumin does and Steve Walsh does is is ensure that getting into Europe aimed on yeah. relative relative achievement doesn't mean we're finishing back eighth, ninth, tenth next season because that is not improvement. No, no. Tottenham, as you said, when you read that Tottenham's your little pressy on mm. Tottenham, it made me even more impressed that they're in the hunt for the title loosely because they have gone through a Europa League campaign with like the nine million games that that ensures, mm. and they're. You know, well, still in the FA Cup semi-final. Still in the FA Cup, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. But that that is the big squad, so there's going to be some faces having to come through that door. Yeah. Having, having the top manager helps as well, doesn't it? What you need to do as well, which is probably hindered Tottenham's chances of winning the league, is that they were either here or there in your. They didn't. They took it seriously in some games, and they didn't in the other. Me personally, I think I'd like to see Everton go full tilt at it. So your best t- best players, I'll get a decent squad. Or not take a serious at all and play your reserves out because okay. I think it's hindered Tottenham. Okay. The the bit part and they've got to January and it's no coincidence. As soon as they've come out of Europe, they've went on an amazing run and they're now four points behind Chelsea from winning the league. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that they're all valid points. I mean, but go, going back to the original question, that you said today, be probably yeah. like that. Rather than talk about players, which should be the three? Well, we've hinted at it already. I mean, like going through the star lineup on Saturday. Which should be the three positions that you would prioritise then? Centre forward. I, I, I centre forward. I, I, Even if Rom goes or not, okay. I think we need centre forward desperately. Um, centre half and goalkeeper. They're the three. I think the midfield's great. Centre half. I, I think the midfield three. I love. But we desperately need a forward. You've seen, like, and name going back to Tottenham again. Tottenham without Harry Kane for three or four weeks. Now Son come in, scored a load of goals, kept them back up there. Now if Ron was to get injured, heaven forbid what would happen to Everton because it's just even as assists and goals, I think Everton would be halfway down the league, wouldn't he? Yeah, but well, you're looking at when he would play front. You're looking at Aruna Kone, Valencia, Valencia. No, Dominic no. Calvert Lewin. Not good enough. But, but, forget about but it. the but the thing is, is that he's not been injured though, has he? And you've got oh, no, got time. Exactly. If you're in Europe next season, exactly, you're gonna need another centre forward. Going back to your question, I think I'd, I mean, if you want to my priorities, I'd start off with the goal in two centre halves straight away. Yeah. That they would if you talk, but if you just had like which was the positions you'd want filler, I'd say goalie. Centre half, and so that's what you're saying. Mm. So, not as striker, but there's something that we're lacking, isn't it, compared to Spurs? And touched on this a couple of podcasts ago is that for us to be really, really competitive, it's going back to your point about Lukaku, is we need three players who are capable of scoring 12 to 15 goals minimum yeah. a mm. season. They were on the pitch at the same time, yeah. like Tottenham have got. Yeah. And I think that's why we get found out away from home and stuff. Because as we've all know, if Rom sort of disappears or takes it easy for an afternoon, we're more likely away from home. We've got, no, we haven't got a goal threat. Oh, and I think, um, you know, I think it, what's our stat is it? Four still the uh, second half score in Premier League goals this, uh, this season. Fourth, for us. Is it? I think Jack is up there. <laughs> Jack Yelta, yeah. Uh, no interesting talk about Chad Gelker. Is contract yeah. up in the summer, is it? Or he's got one year I left? I think he's got one year left. One year yeah. left. Can you see him staying beyond then? I'd no. give him an uh, Oh, beyond his contract? Yeah. You no. asked this question. No. Yeah, do, you think, do, you, do you think yeah. that, that's it? Yeah. As he, as, I, I'll hold my hands up. 
four or five weeks ago, I was I turned around to you, didn't I, in the match, and I just said he's finished. I said he looks like what well, them players who's just been finished overnight, literally gone. The last four weeks, he's arguably been Everton's best player. Well, yeah, but I'm not sure about the derby, but that's because he's playing in games. That suits his style, isn't he? Man United were playing there. I say hoof ball for for half the game at Old Trafford, which he's gonna. He's, him and Williams are gonna. It's meeting zinc for them, isn't it? Mm. You know. Where Jags and there I say Williams get found out is mobile forwards like when you play Spurs, Liverpool who who run into space, who 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 uh, who run at yeah with speed. You know that's that's where they struggle. With against Man United and Burnley, they go a little bit more direct and they're a bit more comfortable with that. And I think that there is some some games that you which we said about Jags that you you'd want them in the team during the season, but there's some games that you wouldn't want them in the team, and you wouldn't want them in the team when you're playing fast. Teams that play fast mobile football up the up the other end of the pitch, because that's when you get found out. Um, but I think he has done well. This is like three three uh, three three uh, league games on the spin. He scored yeah. first ever defender to do that uh, without needing the penalty. Is Jags, it, yeah? yeah. So in the, as, what? Who's done it with the penalty? Oh, well, fella called no fella called Billy Cook in nineteen thirty eight. That was just what before was he I like started. That? What was he like playing? Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> well, to, I remember him before, like when he was in the reserves. <laughs> you know what I mean? He had a couple of penalties in in a South Billy Cook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, but going back to your point, Dad, which is still my last, who would be the three players? He hasn't, has he? Three players. Tell you what, Theresa May has got nothing on him. I asked him half an hour ago. Three players. Politicians answer. Rooney, Keane. And Gary Sigurdsson. I like Sigurdsson, but we need a goalie. Uh, do you know what? I don't envy Ronald Keane and Steve Walsh's job trying to find a goalkeeper because you throw names in the hat and we've just been disagreeing ourselves. I'm on the, the sub goalie at Tottenham form. One of them. Butland, Forster, Joe Art. They're all much of a muchness, aren't they? You're thinking. I know they're obviously all better than yeah. what we've got. But you're gonna to have to pay top dollar for these fellas. Yeah, yeah I know. I agree. Red Toast has Rooney Keane. I thought he was gonna say Skulls. Then. <laughs> <laughs> like who, who was your three then? Well, certainly Keane, uh, Sigurdsson, and I wouldn't be disappointed if Rooney came for one. You know, a swan yeah. song of well, not a swan song, but a, a one serious season, so like a one-year deal. But I have to say, a goalkeeper, and we get back to what you've just said as well. Who'd you pick? I mean, I have to say, Tom Heaton's done all right in a season where he'd been tested, but I'm not sure I'd break the bank for him. No, no disrespect to him, but you, I watched him at Goodison and, you know, he was all right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's 31 as well, isn't he, Tom? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise. Yeah. I thought I've he was a young guy. Who's, who's Gav's big three then? Come on. Well, he, we give him a hand to nothing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Go on, pick three out of the Arriva DC. I was right on. Yeah. You know what? I'd certainly agree with Sigurdsson and Keane. Yeah, yeah. Keane looked the, the yeah, real deal. We he? totally disagree on the Rooney one, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Go on, not go there. Not there. I don't. I don't think he needs Rooney to get Sigurdsson for the start. You need uh, players to have a quality yeah, in yeah. Europa League. Yeah, but, don't you don't, but then, then you don't need players on 150 grand a week. Then or doesn't matter what he's on. It's not your money. I'd argue the point that it is. Kone on the bench sitting there taking yeah, the money. No, nah, I wouldn't have Rooney. Keep Kone on that bench. Yeah, but can I Did he say that? Question? Yeah, but that's what we've got. Did he say that? Come on, who's the other one? It's getting a bit rowdy, this. <laughs> you know, this. This type of podcast that normally ends up with people throwing punches. Uh, <laughs> Just not mention that for he'll get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Great manager. He's not. Anyway. Um, Biggest budget in championship. 
Am so I going to answer this question, well, by the way? I think, I'd, I'd have, I'd have, as you say, a goalie's, uh, there's a lot of ones who are better than what we've got, but all around the same level, aren't they? Begovic? I mean, I'd say Begovic, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He didn't look. I know he hasn't played for a while, but even him, I, last I, I think he'd be. Answered. I think he'd be okay. I think back of it. Do we? Does he go and like a, like we hinted in the last one? Does he go and pluck someone from the Bundesliga we've never heard of? Timo Horn, yeah, Cologne, isn't he? Yeah, but then yeah, you're getting it. Yeah, for every good one, you might get a carrier. I don't know. I don't know. Difficult. Um, West Ham prediction time. Yeah, no. Just before we get on to the West Ham prediction time, if I may, just quickly on James McCarthy, I think. So I'll start with you because Cumin sounded distinctly pissed off when he was asked about McCarthy. He was blunt, he was dismissive, um, and he gave me the impression, if, if body language reading between the lines, he couldn't care less whether James McCarthy's fit or not because he'd wash his hands of him. And I think you're in the same place as the yeah, manager on this one, aren't you? I am. Um, I think he's burnt his bridges. And you used to love football. him, by the way. I did. I did love him, but his injury record speaks for itself. How many games are we getting out of him? Now, I think he's been... Two 90-minute appearances all season. Not good enough. Um, Bainter's Bridges with Everton and the manager. And probably, do you know what, deep down, I think his teammates are probably looking at him going, do you know what, we could have done with you against Man United. We could have done with you against Liverpool. And where was you? Going over to Ireland when you were half fit? No, I'm not. No, I think he's Bainter's Bridges selling to Newcastle or Stoke for 10 million. I wonder that, you know, do you know when you've got the derby? Look, I think Tom Davis is great, but the derby was a... Big, big game for him, mm. and the game passed him by a bit. No, that's no slight on Tom. Yeah, yeah. You needed McCarthy fit then. Yeah. Evan, the ones paying his wages, and I wonder if some of the senior lads just have looked at him and gone, you know, what I mean? you let us down it? there. Yeah, yeah. and also it brings unwanted like friction for the manager though, doesn't need with O'Neill yeah. and stuff. Never mind having yeah. to do with the with the uh, the player. You've then got to manage the situation with with the Republic of Ireland's hierarchy, haven't you? Yeah. Maybe you should just sell them to the Republic of Ireland. So, <laughs> they, you know, I'm interested. You just spoke about the player situation. No, if you were an Everton player, mm. say for argument's sake, you were a, a Phil Jagielka or just a guy, whoever it is. Yeah. And you you know Morgan Schneiderlin's out of these up and coming games. How would you how would you feel towards James McCarthy knowing what he's done if he's a teammate of yours? How would you feel? Well, I mean, it's different because they probably know each other far closer than obviously we have a connection with the players and we, we think we know a lot about them, but they'll be colleagues and probably mates. So that friendship might colour the way they look at it. But if they look at it in purely professional terms and say they don't know them as well, you'd be, I'd, I'd say you'd be unhappy with them. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd say basically you've put, you know, you've left us in the... Uh, in the lurch, And do you know what? Yeah. If we would have got a point... And Anfield and beating Man United. And a healthy well, what's position worse is, is you know, when he was fit against Arsenal, um, I'm thinking the Derby, the Derby is as well. He, he was very first up. He was really good. And you needed that at Anfield as well, yeah. really. Uh, really, yeah, really annoyed with him, I would be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I support everything you've said there. And I think um, I think he'll be leaving in the summer. Um, as you know, it, it take, takes a lot for me to be impressed by James McCarthy. That's always been the case. I, don't, I just don't think he's done done enough uh, with the ball. Yeah. Um, on a link this year was Besic, who's in a sort of oh, yeah. slightly a similar position, but for different reasons. Is Besic, I'm not sure what his contractual position is. He's got a couple of years is, left. Yeah. I, I think uh, Koeman wants to have a look at him. I think he likes him. I think yeah. he's probably said, I like how he's gone about his rehab. It was a awful injury really you know wiped out Cumin always seems quite sympathetic to him which 
isn't necessarily like Kerman. He's really, he's you know what I mean? He's not any plans. Forget about it. But I think he's thinking the slate's wiped clean for him in the summer, and I'll give him a chance next season because he's going to need that bigger squad, and it might end up saving him a few quid. Yeah. Whether or not Besic can do that, because we've seen more of Besic than Kerman has. Um, I'm not so sure. Yeah, he's a type of player, isn't he as well? well mm, I'd say so. With what role though? What what does he actually I'd, do? He he just. He, do you I know know what what I mean? what, what, yeah, what I know is what you mean. Is he, he, he a guy deputy? Is he a guy deputy? I think, I think he's, he is. I think, um, I agree. I haven't rehabilitated him. He'd be the best part of a year, hasn't he? He's been out there. Yeah. He um, got injured at Rooney's testimony, didn't he? Yeah, so it will yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, he's got a time. He's got a first team. Yeah. He's going to be out for yeah. a year, isn't he? But he's also had, like, periods of, like, of significant length where he's been injured in his first two campaigns, yeah, yeah. hasn't he? Sure enough, yeah. He got injured against Chelsea, didn't he? The 6-3 game. I'd say at best a squad player next year, but I do agree that Koeman, having rehabilitated him for a year, you don't really want to say to play, all right, you can go now. Well, mm. well, what's the point? Mm. <laughs> and he got two years left on the contract. Have a look at him. He's next year, if you need the Europa League sort mm. of squad, as you say, he'd be an ideal thing. Mm. That player, he's yeah. Yeah. Don't forget, you know, all right, it, it was a one-off game, but he did mark Messi very well in the World Cup. Mm. Yeah, he's um, done well in big games for Everton. I remember Manchester, Manchester City in the League Cup. In the League Cup, yeah, he plays well, didn't he? He's brilliant. Yeah, I think there's there's a, like a little bit of a player there. Um, it's just getting them fit on the pitch. And the that's that's that. Three years, just and out. As you say, when you say Coop, we've seen a lot more Coop, and that's only very marginal, isn't it? When you think <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. how much game time is he playing for the under 23s tonight? He is indeed. So it would be nice if if he even plays another under 23 match, and then maybe towards the end of the season he may get a look in. Yeah. Hopefully, Maybe. fingers crossed. Right, predictions, West Ham. Hopefully, there's a trend here because we were very positive at the start of the pod. Gav, I'll start with you. What do you reckon at the uh, Go for London it. Stadium? Comfortable win tomorrow. Scoreline? 2-0. 2-0 from Big GB. All right, I'm going to repeat the optimistic vein because why not? Um, although, it really is... A, a big, big moment for Everton. It's, it's interesting, and it could, in some ways, the nothing game. But I think we've got to set, start setting that waveform right. Uh, I've got a feeling we'll concede. Maybe we we'll concede first, but we'll bounce back. Three-one. I agree with Greg. Three-one. Yeah, I think three-one. But I think there's a day. This match, I think there's a danger in what it unfolds towards the end of the season. Because if we win, we're, we're still on the, the coattails of the top six. But if we lose, I think the season will peter out. But that's what I mean, we've got to it's, go it's for really, it. It's really go important it. that we've got to win. A draw's no good. No, if I see a draw in the 18th minute, I have been playing right. Go for it. Yeah. Get everyone up. Go 7 or 8, 10 to 4. If you have to, it's pointless a draw. Go for the win. Because don't, you've got to stay within that top six. And don't forget Kerman saying, isn't he, about, um, you know, it's interesting we've got Arsenal last game this season. It'll only be interesting if you beat West Ham. Exactly. Otherwise, what you don't want it. is what you don't want towards the end of the season. See, you look at the end of the season and the sixth, yeah. and then a, a, like a ten point gap to seven, yeah. and then because you don't want to be looking at that, you want Everton to be safety. You finish seventh within one or two points. I said, I said that all season. Yeah. Like I want us to be seen as part of the seven at the end of the season. If that means finishing at the bottom of the seventh, that's great. But as long as we're like close, con- yeah, couple of points behind, that's fine. Uh, and and um, we're heading that direction at the moment. As a minimum, I would say, yeah. where we're going to be in in the seventh, definitely, it's which part of the seventh we're going to be in. Bear in mind, some of the clubs above us have got some really tough run-ins as well. No, definitely. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, I, uh, once again, just ask you to have a little look at www.bf52.com 
have a look what they've got on offer there. I believe they've got some decent uh, craft beers from Denmark, the USA and Belgium. So it's worth having a look. And thanks again for listening. Really appreciate that. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with the nomination, our nomination for the podcast awards. Fingers crossed we go and do the bizzo there. And maybe we'll have a few beer 52s ourselves <laughs> if that comes off. But no, thanks again for listening and fingers crossed for tomorrow.